This podcast was funded in part by the UK Arts Council. Welcome to In-House, the podcast about creativity and confinement. My name's Will Hood and today we're talking to Alfred, who at the time of recording this had been released from HMP Stanford Hill only seven days earlier. Hello, Will. Hi, Alfred. How are you doing, man? He's a true creative spirit with some big ideas and insights and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. My name is Matalis Alfred. I'm 36 years old. I've done a seven-year sentence where I'm serving three and a half. And I met in-house records just over half of my sentence done. Yeah, and in-house helped me a lot. But let's talk about this track that you've sent me. It's a gorgeous track. I've got to say, I get sent a lot of music um, by guys that I've been interviewing. What I'm intrigued about is that you're calling it Sexy Drill, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I was expecting uh, some fierce vocals to kind of drop in, but but they don't, right? So it's actually, what I hear is this really nicely produced, super sexy uh, instrumental track that, that we're listening to right now underneath this this interview but explain okay. to me about that tell, tell me about that and um, and how it came about and what it means to you well um first of all there's two people who created this track this um beat it's me and this guy named taylor and i met out dean taylor just before i got just before i got released sometimes he would play instrumentals and he wouldn't use them but I'm listening to it and I'm like, yo, this is good. So then I'll, one time I think I got him to um, just play something really nice and I took it and then came up with this this beat that um, you were listening to now, yeah. But set some context for... Uh, the people listening to this because you got out really recently right yeah well it's been well Monday was a week I was out and yeah man felt really good coming out and it was weird as well at the same time yeah I bet because of the whole Covid thing going on it's got to add to the weirdness right yeah but to be fair yeah Covid being in jail felt worse than coming out of jail right so what was that like was it I bet everybody was super paranoid about being cooped up like that with each other I mean well you tell me what what was it like yeah yeah it was it was hard because I, I watched the news every day every night sometimes I fall asleep with the news on and I was I was listening to the news about China being locked down Italy being locked down everywhere's getting locked down I'm thinking hold on a minute this is serious and then they started talking about what the symptoms were and I started feeling weird that basically end of February beginning of March I was wearing a mask yeah and everyone was like oh um, why are you wearing this mask oh you know this corona is not real and you don't need to wear a mask but I was wearing a mask so and so every time I was coming out of myself I put my mask on and everyone used to be like oh you look stupid why you got this mask on it was crazy, but yeah. So how, yeah. how long was your sentence? Uh, seven years. Seven, seven years, years, Jesus. Seven do three and a half. 
Okay, so you did three yeah. and a half on a sentence of seven. Yeah, at the beginning I did think to myself, how am I going to get through this, you know? But I made the most of it. That's the thing about me. I think um, the, I had a friend that told me, look, when you get in there, just do a, a, a lot of education and just try and get as much qualifications as you can out of it. And basically that's what I did. I just like kept my head down, done a lot of um, education, like I was always doing something so it feels like the time flew past but at the same time when I was doing it it felt like a long time yeah I'm sure yeah. I mean so how old were you when you went in then Alfred 32-33 and, and do you remember that first day when you went in what was that like what was your first impressions of, was it your first sentence as well well it wasn't my first sentence but I remember the first day that I did get in because I didn't feel like I should be in there, do you know what I mean? Because after my first sentence, I was like, oh man, I've got to stay out of jail because jail's not pretty, even though some people like to make out like it's a good thing. Oh yeah, we get free hot meals a day and all of this. And I was like, well, do you want to have free hot meals a day when, you know, your freedom's a lot more better than that? But, the, um, the people actually say that, like it's it's a good thing because you get a yeah. level of comfort or you get taken care of. Yeah, like a lot of people, some some people like that's what they like, and I just can't, I can't, like I can't believe that's how some people talk. But yeah, that's how that's how they talk. But when I got in there, I just thought, you know what, three years, I'm gonna three and a half years, I'm gonna have to just fix up, and that's what I did. That just basically, I, I smoked a lot of weed before I got in there, and when I smoke, sometimes I drink, and basically, that's probably one of the reasons why I, I lost my temper on that and ended up in there in the first place but yeah I just stopped smoking straight away and just kept my head down yeah what what is it that you think um causes people to reoffend like that I mean I know it's a big question to be fair from speaking to some people it's like they can't handle responsibility of like doing everything themselves some people they'll do an offence over winter so they can spend winter with somewhere to sleep right so there's that or, link between homelessness and, and that being a good option yeah there's like a little link between that and some people they just can't help it it's like when they come into jail it's like it's two things you can either learn how to be better or learn how to do more crime so it's like they come out and they they might go out and try and do a different crime or try and do their crime better so they'll end up back in jail because do you know what I mean they're known for crime anyway okay so explain how that works then is it because they are able to socialize with people that are perhaps older than them more experienced and they've done this and they've done that so is that what you mean yeah. by learning yeah so basically you'd learn about it you could easily learn about a different crime like fraud, theft, robbery, kidnap, drug dealing, whatever it is, do you know what I'm saying? People will learn about ways of making money. Right. So so you're not in there for that, but you meet somebody that's done that and you think, oh, that's actually, I might get away with that myself if I tried it. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things I want to get at, and you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier on, this kind of um, 
when you start a sentence, you have to decide to, what you're going to do with your time, right? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what did having an experience like in-house and having that ability to make music, what difference did it make to your brain and to you being able to do something constructive with your time? Okay, so when I um, started my sentence, I had to do some sort of sentence plan. And my sentence plan was to do business, do music, do my English and maths. Yeah. So basically, my plan was to get my um, level two in maths, get my level two in English, get my level two in business, and get a level two in production it's interesting that you're saying uh that you had all these other courses before you did the music one i mean i'm wondering that there's a there's a bit of a conversation that happens on the outside not not with everybody but with some people who can understand the idea of i guess english and maths being taught in a prison but get a little bit funny when uh it's suggested you know that there's music workshops um, and songwriting workshops going on in a prison, and and some people take the opinion that that is uh, that's almost too much fun. You know what I mean for people to be having, and, yeah. which I mean, I know what I think about that, but I'm wondering what you think about that because I, I'd imagine that it gives you something very different, right, from studying uh, English and maths, however important that that might be to people. Yeah, um, so basically, before I went to prison, I found out that I actually I actually love music a lot. So then when I did come to prison, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And there was a book, I think I read my first book coming into prison called The Secret. And it basically said that I need to do, I should do whatever makes me really happy in life. Whatever is my bliss, that's what I should follow. So music i found out was my bliss and and artwork being creative basically that's my bliss so i like to be creative i i suppose i mean just to bring it back a little bit to that that question of what do you think it gives not just you but but anybody else that studying something like english and maths doesn't give you because it seems to me that there's all sorts of really important things that happen when a you make music but b also when you make music with other people right there's it's quite a unique experience it helps with your mental health like basically whenever i was in music time flew so quick it was unreal how fast before you blink your eye it was over because everybody's just having so much fun and everybody's coming together to produce something and when you produce something really good it it gives you a really good feeling yeah i get a really good feeling whenever i'm sitting there listening to something someone's produced and or listening to the live band when they were whenever they played and just thinking oh my god this is like this is really good Do you remember a time in your youth or, or when you were younger um, when 
music first really got your attention? You know, was there a particular tune or maybe a music video or or something that you heard or saw that made you think, wow, that's cool? Okay, so I was born in St. Lucia. I'm from the Caribbean, so when I was younger, basically, Carnival Day, everyone would just basically stand outside their house and then you'd find this massive truck with massive speakers on the back just ride through your town or your area, drive through. And once it starts driving through, the amount of people that's following this truck just dancing and having fun. So yeah, that's when I really started liking music. You get some people get so excited, they'll pick up something big like a fridge and start running down the road with the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) What is it about music that has the ability to excite people like this? I mean, picking up a fridge and running down the street with it, that's quite extreme behaviour, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? No one's ever done that for a mass or an English class, have they? (laughs) No, no. Yeah. I think for me, how how music makes me feel it just makes me feel happy it makes me feel good like if I'm down and I start listening to a song it makes me feel good you're clearly a creative and that's the that's the flame that you're drawn towards right I mean that's what you find yourself doing I mean I, I love the description of that is your bliss I mean how does that look going forward for you? What, what, where do you hope to be with that in two years, five years, ten years? Well, I'm hoping that eventually I can produce like beats for everybody because I don't feel like I should just produce beats for certain people. I feel like I should produce beats for everyone around the world. Okay, what does that? What's that mean then? Explain that to me, because like, uh, you mean it, it? It be accessible to everybody? Yeah, I feel like it should be accessible to everybody. I want everybody to hear my my beats. I want everybody to hear where my music come from. Okay, and so how are they going to see how it's made and see where it started from? Well, um, that's where the, my idea with um, music production tree... Yeah, it, explain is. that then. So you need to break that down because uh, that, that sounds wonderful, but I've got no idea what, what you mean. What is a music production tree? The idea is, is basically everyone playing an instrument or whatever they're good at making to take part from all around the world so I could put down an instrumental as a bass or it could even be a, a drum a drum pattern yeah. as a bass so I, tree. I, I get so you so you're, you're talking about putting out one stem and then that gets picked up by let's say a guy in Ghana who adds something, who then sends it to a woman in Indonesia that adds her thing over the top. Is that kind of what you mean? Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's exactly what I mean. 
I, I love the, the scope of that, you know, like a truly international composition. It, when, if and when you do, uh, you've got to come back on this show and uh, talk about it and play me some of the music. That would be crazy. Wouldn't that it? would be crazy. Yeah, I'd love to do that. That would be crazy. Yeah. For sure, I'll definitely uh, come back. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> this idea of... Um, chasing your dreams and knowing what your bliss is right i mean I, yeah. and i think people need that in their life don't they like you need dreams you need bliss you need a touch of magic otherwise it's just uh, mundane nonsense a lot of the time you know it's one gas bill after another or whatever is irritating you on that day yeah it's exactly that it's like okay let's say for instance yeah Beyonce, she knows she wants to do music, right? But then she ends up working at Tesco's <laughs> her whole life. This is a young Beyonce that really wants to do music, but but she what? She gets a kind of safety job at Tesco's. Yeah, she just works at Tesco's, but then she never actually follows the bliss, what makes her happy. Yeah, her dream, what she really wants to do with her life, because she just feels secure at Tesco's. Yeah, she's making money. She's living a normal, stable life. But I think what's yeah. fascinating about that as well is that what a loss to the world at large as well, right? All those people that don't get to hear Beyonce. Yeah, exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. Imagine what you could do if you just follow your dream. Just if you follow what really makes you happy, like so much things could be different. So. I think everybody should follow their bliss and follow their dreams. That's a great place to uh, to end it, man, on, on such a positive note. Well, listen, um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. We'll get you back on to talk about the uh, global music tree because that's the most insane thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man, well, look, thank you so much for being so warm and open and uh, and sharing all your stories with me but yeah it was nice speaking to you Will thank you alright you take care bye uh, to find out more about the world's only prison run record label go to inhouserecords.org that's all one word inhouserecords.org and if you'd like to hear more of these interviews, please hit subscribe if you can on whatever platform you use for podcasts. The In-House Podcast is an APA production for In-House Records.